Hey, honey. I'm so bloated today. What's for dinner? Did you brush your teeth? What time is soccer pickup? What shoes should I wear with this? Did my jeans shrink? I'm hungry. Can I have a snack? Mom! I need to pee. Why is my hair so frizzy? What time is it? Does this look okay? We need to leave. Don't forget the meeting. Do you have everything? How am I going to fit all this in? Uh, another pimple. Oh my god, is that a new gray hair? Did you finish your homework? Okay, ladies, adulting as a woman is no freaking joke. Two girls, one mic, and a podcast brought to you by Christy Giroux and Sharon Huddy is here to share stories, trials and tribulations, tips and techniques on all the crazy topics that affect women on the regular. Let's get ready to have some real, honest conversations. Thank you for listening. Here we go. It is Christy, and I am doing another solo episode of Two Girls, One Mic, and a podcast this week just because Sharon and I have had some scheduling conflicts. We both had sick children at home over the weekend, and now our spouses have been sick, and it's just kind of been a mess. So, due to schedules, you are getting a solo episode with me. And this week, I'm actually going to be talking about different types of workouts what you're looking for in your workouts and why you should be doing certain dif- certain types of training. I've had quite a few people who listen to the podcast ask me if I could take a few minutes to explain the differences because it can get really confusing. We hear about HIT training, metabolic conditioning, resistance training, cardio. Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? What is where am I going to get the most bang for my buck? Um, And how do I drop some pounds? (laughs) So I think these are questions that even if you aren't currently a member of Prime Fitness, which is um, mine and Eric's gym, you can still relate to this and learn, hopefully learn something from this. This is going to be a pretty short episode. Um, I'm just going to cover some of the major, kind of the major training buzzwords that we're hearing right now. So what is metabolic conditioning? I know... Oftentimes in Prime, we write up that, you know, Tuesday's workout is going to be a Metcon. And you'll hear this, you know, Metcon, metabolic conditioning. Um, There's different types of Metcons, and I think that's what can get kind of confusing. So you can have an EMOM workout, which is an every minute on the minute workout. You can have an AMRAP, which is as many rounds as possible, or it can also stand for as many reps as possible. You can also have a HIT style workout, which is high intensity interval training. So not all Metcon workouts are HIT workouts, but all HIT workouts are Metcons. So hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. But a metabolic conditioning workout is just a structured pattern of work and then rest periods to elicit a desired response. So the purpose is to maximize the efficiency of a particular particular energy system in a way to make your body perform better. So we're looking for an illicit response based on the exercises that are chosen and the work and rest periods. So one added benefit of doing a Metcon workout is that you typically have an increased calorie burn even after the workout is finished. So even after you've gotten in your car and you've driven home, Um, Your body is searching for homeostasis, which is just the balance that your body likes to be in. So in order to find that homeostasis after a high-intensity workout, 
your body is working overtime and in essence burning calories to get back to that point. Um, Typically, metabolic conditioning workouts involve total body compound exercises with short recovery intervals. So these are the workouts that even though you're doing um, typical strength exercises, your heart rate will be up. So you might be doing dumbbell thrusters and then going into a rest, and then you might be doing burpees or some type of battling rope exercise. So that's kind of metabolic conditioning in a nutshell. And again, I am breaking this like way down. So this is for just anybody who doesn't know a lot about the um, science of exercise. I want you to understand the difference just so if you walk into a gym and you see that that's the workout of the day, that you understand what's being asked of you. So strength training, so your typical resistance training, typically relies mostly on the ATP system. So the ATP system is an energy system that fulfills our immediate need for fuel. So that is going to be your first 10 to 15 seconds of an exercise. You're going to be using the ATP system, okay? The ATP system provides immediate energy through the breakdown of these hot of these stored high energy phosphates. So if this energy system is fully stocked, it will provide energy for max intensity short duration exercise for about 10 to 15 seconds before it fatigues. It provides the most power because it produces ATP more quickly than any other system. So if you kind of think of this system as your car having a V8 engine and you're you know, at a stoplight and you're leaving the line, that immediate roar of the engine, of the V8 engine for that first 10 seconds would be the ATP system, okay? So moderate cardio, so this is going to be you guys going for a jog, this is um, going to be walking on the treadmill, doing the elliptical, that type of exercise uses glycolysis to fuel our body over longer, slower duration exercise sessions, okay? So glycolysis simply means the breakdown of glucose, glycolytic system the, I'm sorry, the glycolytic system produces a lot of power, but not as quickly as ATP, and it doesn't burn all of its fuel as quickly, so it doesn't fatigue as, as fast. So you get about 30 seconds of sustained activity using the glycolytic system. So during your Metcon workouts, you're actually going to be targeting both energy systems. So you're going to target the ATP system and the glycolytic system in a Metcon workout. So the majority of energy comes from the anaerobic glycolytic system. So at about 45 seconds of sustained intense activity, there is a decline in power output. So an exercise beyond 45 seconds has a growing reliance on the aerobic energy system. So an example of an anaerobic glycolytic system would be three sets of 10 reps performed relatively slowly with about a two and a half minute rest in between each set. It could also be your typical um, group class that you might go to where you're working in a circuit style fashion around the room and you're doing 45 seconds of work at an exercise and then you get about a 15 second recovery transition time into the next exercise. 
It could also be doing 30 second sprints, like all out sprints for 30 seconds with a 15 second recovery. So I know that's kind of a lot in a very short period of time, um, but there's typically a reason if you have a good trainer, if you have a good coach, there should be a why behind every workout that you're doing. And I challenge you to ask your coaches why the program is written the way it is for that day because they should have an answer and it shouldn't be just to give you a hard workout or just to make you sweat there should be a reason all the time behind the programming and if there's not then you might want to shop around for a new trainer so as you as you start to look for different workout styles um, obviously, there are group exercise classes. So if you join a big box gym, so those are going to be like your Gold's Gym, your One Life Fitness, if you're in the Maryland area, um, or TSI or Equinox. Um, those are all big box gyms. Lifetime Fitness is another one. You typically, with your membership, have access to group exercise classes. So you will see on there... Um, Metcon classes, you will see Tabata conditioning. Um, and Tabata, true, true Tabata, is only four minutes long. It is 20 seconds all out effort with 10 seconds of rest. And it should be, if Tabata is done correctly, after four minutes, you are done. But the fitness industry likes to catch on to trends and use buzzwords. And so a lot of times you'll see Tabata conditioning and what that means is you're doing an exercise for 20 seconds and then you get 10 seconds of rest and you're typically repeating that for four to six times. So think of it more as a conditioning workout than a true Tabata if you, if you go online and read about Tabata. So in our area, so we are in the um, DC metro area in Maryland, um, there's a lot of different choices that you have. So Orange Theory Fitness is a big one that has popped up all across the country. And uh, Orange Theory workouts, if you haven't tried them before, so I actually have. I've gone to a couple of the studios in our area to give it a go and see what it's all about. Most of the workouts are broken into two halves. So you spend half of your time on the treadmill doing interval type work. So the instructor of the class um, will start you and you'll have um, different paces that you're working at. And typically they'll put like a little note on your treadmill as to what each of those paces means. So for somebody new, you may be walking the entire time, but you might be changing the incline of your walk versus changing your speed. Or if you are a more conditioned athlete or a more advanced athlete, you might be doing runs where you start with jogging and then you're working into um, full speed sprints. So that's half of the time is spent on the treadmill and then half of the time is spent on the floor doing some type of resistance exercise. So they either use TRX suspension training, they will do uh, dumbbells, they might do some um, kettlebell work, some ab work, and then you'll have some rowing machine work mixed in as well. So Orange Theory is, um, they advertise interval training. So you're getting about 30 minutes of you know cardio and then 30 minutes of resistance training. So a lot of people like having the 60 minute workout. 
They like that they get a programmed cardio portion of their workout along with um, a programmed resistance training. So sometimes some of the negatives when it comes to Orange Theory, classes can be really packed. So they can get upwards of 24 to 30 people in a class. So it may lack individual attention. So if you like more hands-on training, Orange Theory might not be for you unless you go to some of the less popular times. It can also be hard to follow instructors' cues and their instructions because generally the music is really loud. You have a lot of people. And then on top of it, you have the noise of the treadmills running uh, while instructors are trying to cue you and instruct you on what to do. So I know the first couple of times I took an Orange Theory class, I kind of struggled because I wasn't familiar with the format. I wasn't really um, familiar with the different paces that we were gonna be doing and like pushes and all outs um, and things like that. So I would kind of have to look around at the people on the treadmill next to me to understand exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And then once I got on the floor, I felt much more comfortable, but that's also because I'm a fitness professional. And I knew that if I looked up at the screen and it said we were gonna be doing um, 10 dumbbell chest press and 10 TRX low rows followed by 15 crunches. I knew exactly what those exercises were. So I wasn't really looking for a coach to help me understand what those exercises were. Um, but just know that again, with any exercise program, the more you stick with it, the more comfortable you become with that particular format. Okay. So another thing that has um, gained a lot of popularity in the last few years is CrossFit. I have tried um, a couple different CrossFit boxes um, in the area and I, I have not stuck with it. <laughs> and um, I'm just gonna leave it at that. But one of my good friends does CrossFit regularly. She's there about five days a week. Um, so I asked her, she's also a personal trainer, I asked her to kind of give me a description of CrossFit in a nutshell. So if somebody asked her, what is CrossFit and what does it do for you, this was her response. Every workout is varied and adaptable, but it is always a test of strength, skill, intensity, and or mental toughness. As often as walls are hit, they are also broken down. CrossFit is a constant struggle to determine if the red line you are hitting is because of physical or mental exhaustion. Oftentimes, it's both. And then I asked her if she would describe it as a metabolic conditioning workout. And she said that if she had to put it in one box, she would say, yes, it's metabolic conditioning. But she said, oftentimes, the way the week is broken down is you'll have a weightlifting day, you may have a, gym, a gymnastic skill day, you may then have a traditional Metcon workout, and then oftentimes, you'll have several days where it's a combination of all. So you might have a weightlifting and then a Metcon to follow. Um, I believe that there are many pros to CrossFit. It's got a lot of men and women lifting weights and off the cardio machines. So the more we have studied exercise science over the years, the more we have found how valuable resistance training is. And oftentimes people are looking uh, to lose fat. And we know that strength training is better at fat burning than your cardio. So people think that if I spend two hours on a treadmill, that would be better than doing a 20-minute Metcon. So what we have found over the years is that more is not better. 
but you want to have intelligent exercise to get you the results that you want. So you can have short duration Metcon workouts, short duration HIIT workouts that are just effect, as effective at burning fat, if not more so at burning fat, than spending hours on the treadmill. And typically, when we talk to people about what is the one reason that they don't exercise or they don't make time for it, is they say, I don't have time. So if you know that you can get an effective workout in, in 20 to 40 minutes, doesn't that sound a lot more appealing than feeling like you need to get two hours of work in per day? And again, this is not to go against anybody that's training for a half marathon, a marathon, an Ironman, different triathlons, any type of endurance athlete, obviously you're going to have to put the time in and you're going to have to work out more than 20 to 40 minutes. But the average American can get a huge bang for their buck in just 20 to 40 minutes a day. Um, Going back to CrossFit, I think a couple of the negatives that a lot of the fitness professionals feel is that CrossFit is asking you to perform day in and day out. And I don't know that our bodies are meant to perform at maximum intensity every single day. Uh, For whatever reason, either we didn't sleep well, we didn't fuel our bodies properly, we are stressed, we are fatigued, we are sore, whatever the reason is, um, it, it is a high demand on the body. So I think that as with any exercise program, you need to be smart, you need to listen to your body, you need to make sure that you're taking recovery days when you need them, when your body needs them, um, build them into your program. Don't just wait until you're just so fatigued or you get injured. Um, But I I think that CrossFit's built an amazing community. The people in the boxes are like family and I think they encourage one another. And if you have any type of competition, competitive drive in your body, Uh, CrossFit can really bring that out and allow you to compete. So I know a lot of collegiate athletes, once they have stopped playing sport at that level, um, have really thrived in a CrossFit environment because it's allowed them to push themselves like they, they once did in sport. And then in this area, as I know it's happened, you know, throughout the country, a lot of fitness fitness studios are opening up that are just privately owned. Um, And we also have some franchises. So you have franchises like Fit Body Bootcamp, um, F45. You have, um, I'm trying to think, is it Barry's Bootcamp? So you've got different franchises that are out there. And every one of them will obviously tell you why you should work out there. Um, And Eric and I opened our own private fitness studio about eight years ago. And the way we run most of our large group training classes, we used to call them boot camp, and we got away from that just because boot camp can have a lot of negative connotation to people if you've had bad experiences with, with, with boot camp in the, in the past, or if you feel like you are going to get yelled at by a drill sergeant, um, that can really kind of make people shy away from it. So we have gone um, and changed our schedule to just be group training classes. So with our group training classes, we max out at 20 participants with one coach. So we do offer a lot of one-on-one hands-on training um, and modifications because we keep our class sizes small. 
we vary our workouts. So there are days that are our Metcon workouts, and I would say those are probably the majority. And the reason that we do a majority of Metcon workouts is obviously people get more bang for their buck. Um, they're in and out in 40 minutes from start to finish. Um, it also helps people who don't exercise every single day. Um, so if you work out three times a week, you're getting in three solid Metcon workouts per week. Um, but then those people that are coming to see us five to six days a week, we will um, also put in resistance training, strength training workouts that might have some like body weight, a body weight focus um, where we're not lifting any weights that day except for your body. So we'll do TRX suspension training, we'll do prisoner squats, we'll do bear crawls, we'll do um, you know, agility ladder or plyometric training. So we do a, a mix of what we think everybody can benefit from. We typically have a clientele over the age of 35. Um, and so we look at making sure people are able to function better without pain in everyday life. So we have a lot of parents that come, we have some grandparents that come, and we want those people to be able to play with their children out in the yard and to feel like they can do anything that they want to do to make their life enjoyable. So I think that if you are looking for a new fitness program, be sure to do your research. Don't hesitate to ask what the certifications are that the coaches and owners of the business have and make sure that, number one, make sure they're certified. Make sure that they have an educational background and that you're in good hands. Be a, a, a smart, educated consumer. And I think there's enough out there, enough research out there right now that you can really find probing questions to ask to make sure you're not going to get injured. So again, this was just a short, short podcast. Uh, but I wanted to go over a little bit of why we do what we do, but I also know that not all of our listeners come to Prime Fitness, so I hope that maybe you learned a little bit, and if you guys have any questions, please don't hesitate to uh, leave a comment, and I appreciate you guys for listening, and next week, it'll be Sharon and me talking about one of Sharon's struggles. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.